asked if I'd speak today. And I'm sitting there thinking, what do you want, Lord, what do you want me to say? And it's a bit like, it's a bit like walking in, in faith. If I already had a message that was on my heart to preach, and he said, can you preach? And I said, yeah, no worries. Well, it's not really walking in faith. But when you say yes, and you haven't got a clue, and you think, I don't know what I'm going to say, but then I was sitting down there, and I don't know if Carol was leading or somebody brought a scripture up, but 2 Corinthians 5, 7 just jumped out and hit me. And it's, if you walk by faith and not by sight. And I felt Lord, <coughs> the Lord saying to us as a church and to us as individuals that that was for us for this year, to walk by faith and not by sight. There's another scripture that says there's a way that seems right to man but the end of that way is death. And so it's a matter of walking in faith. It's a matter of hearing what God's got for us, whether we're in business uh, or whatever we're doing, and, and learning, to, learning to differentiate between what he's saying and all the other voices that are, are pulling us in different directions. Um, Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. And uh, there's a lot of voices that we're listening to. And um, we're going to have a, a listen to a few voices here. And that's, that's, uh, and that's just, as an example, the frogs, if you go out at, at night, there's, and we've got a dam not far from the house, and man, there's frogs everywhere. And um, through the daytime, you tend to hear this guy, and that's the banjo frog. But... Um, there's a whole pile of other frogs out there and they're often all competing for attention. And unless you spend time to listen to frogs and um, you actually haven't got a clue what species they are. So I, I tried to download a recording and I thought, well, it's a lot easier if I just get that on my phone and we can listen to the different frogs and we'll see what I mean. Can you hear that? Well, that's not the bubble bog. <laughs> that's a brown tree frog. And I knew you all know that one. So, then we'll go for... They don't make this for people with poor eyesight. It's a tiny little print. That's him. Now, if you go to our dam right this minute, that's what you'll hear. You'll hear the banjo frog. Then this is another guy that's fairly common around Colac. The Eastern Common Froglet. Can you hear that? I can, but... There's plenty of little eastern common froglets around too, but in a big pool, you hear all these noises. 
You don't know what they are. And then the next one, the growling grass frog. And this one's got to be one of my favourites because those guys grow quite big and they, they used to say they're an endangered species but I don't think they are because you see them on the side of the toilet block as you're driving out of Colac. <laughs> but, um, but these guys, and I'm, a friend of ours got a couple of pet ones and they're quite big, they can grow at about four inches long and you sit them on your shoulder and you stroke them and they make this sound. Has anyone heard that one before? Yeah. This, this, David Lavelle has got a, a, a pond of those. And uh, they're just doing that all the time. I was there planting trees and could hear the old um, growling grass frogs going for it. And of course this is another common one that we find in the nursery. It climbs up on the benches and it climbs up your windows at night if it rains. And that's a common, you hear that on, on a wet night. Spotted marsh frog. I think Josh told me he's got spotted marsh frogs out there, but I've never come across. Looks a bit like a growling grass frog, but sounds a lot different. So what's frogs got to do with anything? Well, it's a matter of recognising the different voices because if you were just to go out there and you hear all these voices coming at you, it actually takes time. The way to, to recognise frog voices, I wouldn't have a clue unless it was for the internet because there's this great mass of frogs just speaking at you. Unless you can hone down on one of them and catch it and work out what it's saying, and it's usually, it won't talk to you while you've got it in your hand. It's a bit like kids when you say, what have you done? And, um, but you hear the... So it's a matter of recognising these, the voices before you can start to identify them. And, you know, listening to what God's, how God's leading us is a little bit like trying to find a, the voice of a brown tree frog in amongst all the others. You've got to get to know it. And you've got to... to there's so many different voices out there uh, trying to confuse us and uh, trying to lead us. And sometimes it's just our own thoughts. Sometimes it's the devil deliberately trying to deceive us. And um, so there's four C's that I see as enemies, four C's that are enemies to walking in faith. There's complacency, there's convenience, there's comfort. We don't like to get out of our comfort zone. And there's controversy, which is people's opinions. And those four things can get in the way of hearing God's voice and hearing the Spirit leading us. And I believe this year, in the start of the year, God wants us to follow Him. 
and listen to his voice and not be distracted by all the other ones that are out there and learn to differentiate. In the same way as if you want to learn the frog voices, you've got to spend some time with the frog. If you want to hear God, you've got to spend time with God. And, um, you know, I believe uh, in Isaiah 43, way back then, God was saying how he was going to do a new thing. And in the Old Testament, there where he was leading um, children of Israel through the desert, he said, you can't, you've got to get fresh manna every day. He said, don't go gathering up too much, just get enough for every day. And I believe he's saying to us, we need to live, we can't live on old manna. We can't live of old experiences. We can't say, look, when I was a kid, I went to church, it was fantastic, and just keep going back then. Every day, it's got to be new. Because God's going to do a new thing every day. He's going to speak to us every day. He doesn't speak to us once and then forget it. He wants to speak into our hearts through His Spirit. And um, I believe there's a word there for us that He wants to do new things. For us as a church... We've got to be listening to him. We've got to be moving forward. We can't just be the same all the time. And as individuals in my business, I've got to be looking for what he's doing and where he's going because old things have a use-by date. A lot of old things have a use-by date and we need to be doing fresh things. And, um, and that's where the Lord said to Moses that he was going to rain down food. He was going to provide Israel for food. But they had to get fresh stuff every day. And it was only on the sixth day that he'd give them enough for two days. And, um, and on that day that they were to pick up twice as much. But they had to listen to him. Because if they didn't, and those that got greedy and thought, I mightn't have enough, they went to get it the next day and it was rotten. Because it didn't keep. Scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's one of those things that um, it's an integral part of, of following him. Because he who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him. And there we see in Romans 14, but the man who doubts is condemned by what he eats because his eating is not of faith. So it's not what we eat and drink. It's what's in our heart. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Now there's a sobering thought. If we do things out of presumption or we do things that we're not trusting God with, even though itself might seem all right, it's a sin because we're not looking to God for it. So there's a real fight. There's a real fight to keep our faith. And um, this scripture came up last week when Peter was speaking and he said, from John, the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold on it. We often think that, you know, certainly uh, the world would have us think that the church is dying out, Christianity is finished, it's on the skids, but the scripture tells us that it's been forcefully advancing and I believe it's going to be continually forcefully advancing. It's only in mind's eye and that certainly the Satan would want us to believe that we're on the losing side, but Scripture tells us we're, we're not. But we 
need to be forceful. Like we can't just sit back and say, oh, hum, it'll all happen. If we want to be part of God, if we want to co-labor with God in this and in the end times, we can work with him. Then uh, we can either sit there and watch it happen and think what happened or we can get involved. And uh, a little bit like, you know, when you're watching a, a footy match, you can either be a player and get in and play. You can be a supporter and encourage those that are playing. Or you can be a spectator and do nothing. And of course, the spectators are always right, aren't they? <laughs> They're the experts. But we can be spectators and watch what God's doing. Or we can be supporters and get in involved with what God's doing. Or we can be players and roll up our sleeves and do the work in what, what God's doing too. So there's a fight going on and the fight's going on and often the things that really fight is convenience and um, we see Saul in the scriptures, he was waiting for the customary sacrifice from Samuel the prophet and um, he got impatient uh, because the Philistines were there and his men were impatient and they started to slip away. And instead of being the leader that he was called to be and saying, no, we're waiting on Samuel, tough it, tough it out, stop getting edgy, we're just, Samuel's got to come. He said, oh no, I don't know what's going on here, people are scattering. And so he started to do his own sacrifices when God had specifically said, get Samuel to do it. So we see the scripture here, when Samuel turns up and he says, what have you done? And Saul replied, well, I saw the men were scattering. And at the same time, at the time that we set for you to come, you didn't come. So even Samuel was late. And the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. So he was getting worried. He wasn't trusting God. He started to trust in himself. And I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me, Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favour. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings. He starts to throw up excuses when uh, God had already told him that he needed Samuel there. So Samuel said, I've skipped one somewhere there. So Samuel said, you've acted foolishly. You've not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. And you, if you had, he would have established your kingdom in Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him as leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So because of, because of the, it was just not convenient, God couldn't use Samuel. He gave in to that, that enemy of walking in faith. He didn't have faith. He trusted in his own efforts and... Um, We realise that God's call isn't always convenient. You know, it's not, 
right through Scripture, God um, calls people when it's not convenient. And Jesus used that as an example. He said a disciple came to him and he saw, said, Lord, first let me bury my father. Now, I'm quite sure that his father wasn't dead waiting to be buried. But as what he meant was, can I wait till I don't have my responsibilities? Can I wait till my father's not around? And then I'll go and follow you. You know, how many times, if God calls us to something, do we make excuses? Well, maybe I'll just wait till I'm retired before I do that. Or maybe, you know, I'll, I won't do anything until the kids are all grown up. But when God calls us for a specific thing, it's not always convenient. And uh, Jesus gave a, a, a few more examples of that convenience factor uh, you know another said let me say goodbye to my family it depends which translation you read but it's pretty much the same thing and um, Jesus replied no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God so when God calls us if we're to follow the leading of his spirit we've got to be careful we don't make excuses or I'll do it later or maybe some other time I think of Israel when um, you know, they, they wanted to go up into the promised land, but the giants were too big. So they chickened out. And, um, and when God said, well, if you're not going to go, you spend another 40 years in the wilderness. And they said, whoops, we'll go now. And it didn't work because they didn't go when God said. We need to, to get our timing right. So there's lots of scriptures that point towards the fact that it's not convenient. And... Um, Convenience can get in the way of, of, uh, of following him. The second one is comfort. You know, God likes to take us out of our comfort zone. He is uh, more interested in developing our character. And often it's good to get out of our comfort zone to develop our character because then we, we're not so concerned with ourselves and our little pains and all that sort of thing. We just do... We just get along and do the job. But Jesus tells us no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, new wine bursts the skins and the, the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. You know, basically saying we need to be flexible. If we're to do what God wants to do and his spirit is leading us, we need to be flexible. We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to be prepared to change. And, um, and then we'll discover the great things. I remember that scripture that Jesus said. He said, my, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. And sometimes we get confused and think, oh, all this stuff's so hard. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to go when he says to go, how hard it is. And yet, Jesus says, it's not that hard. So what does he mean when he said, my burden is light? my yoke is easy he's saying I will enable you to do it it only seems hard in our heads you know I learned a long time ago that the hardest part of any job is thinking about it when I was a kid I used to have to go and milk the cow and I used to hate it just the thought of milking the cow was what I hated and I had to you'd, you know be freezing cold and be running. you'd put your gumboots on and your coat and you'd have to walk across the farm and you have to go and find the cow and then you'd walk it back 
But I realised one day, once I started walking, that's no big deal. I didn't mind walking in the rain. I didn't mind milking the cow. But thinking about it, man, that was hard. So I decided not to think about it. It was easy. And, you know, a lot of the time we get out of our comfort zone. We, it's in our heads is a lot worse than it actually is. And I think that's what Jesus was saying when he talked about his yoke was light and his burden was easy. He says, it's not that bad, guys. Just get out and do it and I'll be with you. And... Um, The um, third one is complacency. Complacency is a, you know, it's, um, attitude is everything. And um, complacency is one of those things that the devil, the Bible says the devil's like a prowling lion. And one of them is that, um, that apathy and if we need to, complacency is about not training ourselves or not being equipped to handle the stuff that's out there. I love the sessions that Andrew holds um, in Maccas, not because it's in Maccas, but because it's training us and equipping us in leadership principles and stuff like that. And it'd be very easy to, to uh, sleep in or, or not go easier still just to forget sometimes it's on but um it's complacency that can lead us to not be ready and there's nothing better than to be equipped can you imagine going to battle and thinking oh man i didn't know all about this stuff um and it's a bit like that we're in a battle we're in a spiritual battle and we need to be equipped and that's where we need to spend time Spend time in God's word and be equipped. We need to spend time in training and not be complacent about it. Just remember the devil is like that prowling lion. And um, one of those key things, you know, it wasn't long ago, I was watching, um, it might have been David Attenborough, one of those things where a lion was hunting. And the first thing they always do is they look for that antelope or zebra or in this case I think it was um, a buffalo, they're after buffalo and buffalo are massive but it would get one of them out on its own or it would chase the herd until one of them got on its own, one that thought it was too smart for the rest and thought if I go over here the lion's not going to find me but guess what, the lion's looking for the one that's on its own, he gets them and he separates them sure enough they took down this buffalo massive buffalo and um, the buffalo thought one lion was after it but didn't realize that all the other lions were watching that lion so then they all got onto it and even the buffalo couldn't stand up and the scripture tells us about that that's the way satan is he tries to get us on our own he tries to to get us away where he can take us and it'll he'll find our weakest point he probably knows our weakest points more than we do. And so, we need to be prepared. And controversy is another one. It's people's opinions. People's opinions that um, can get in the way. It, it could be just ridicule. People paying us out. And um, 
I think the older we get, the less we really care about what people's opinions are. But it's a peer group pressure is a strong thing. And, um, and they can confuse our hearing. Even well-meaning people, it might be our family, God might put a, a thing on our heart. Maybe it's to go to a mission field. Maybe it's to, to go into business, which is a mission field in itself. Maybe it's something like that. And somebody's opinion, people say, oh, no, don't do that. You'll never do any good at that. You won't make any money in that. And they start confusing us. Whereas God, we need to look to what actually God has called us to do. We need to be in tune with what his spirit is saying. And that's why his scripture says, walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is about walking in what God has said to us. Not on what we've assumed is said, not what somebody else has said, but what God has put in our hearts. And uh, I think this year we need to spend time seeking God and becoming familiar with his voice so that we hear it above all these other voices. We hear it above people's opinions. We need to hear God's voice above opinion. We need to hear God's voice above convenience, taking the easy way out. It's so easy to take the line of least resistance. And um, just remember the line of least resistance is a law of physics. It's not a spiritual law. It's quite, we often sort of grab hold of some of these laws of physics like Newton's law of least, least resistance or whoever's law it was. And, uh, but it wasn't God's law in terms of spiritual direction. We need to learn to hear what he's got to say to us. And no, stay close. John 15, Paul says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. If we want to be fruitful for God, we have to remain in him in that close relationship. And it's very easy to, um, to get separated from that. Moses, oh Moses, Jesus himself used to spend time to get away and uh, go up in the mountainside and pray. You know, nothing beats just spending time with God to know, to get to know his voice. In the same way as if you were going to find which of those frogs was a banjo frog and which was the eastern common froglet and all that. You have to spend time listening to those frogs and get to know their voices. And then when you're in a crowd, you go, ah, there's a banjo frog over there, there's a growling grass frog over here. You start to differentiate. With all the voices coming at us out in the world, we need to know which one's Jesus, which one's the Spirit. And we only know that by spending time with him. In the same way as you only know a frog is by listening to that voice and then going digging him up and think, aha, he was there. When we follow God, we'll find the same way. When we hear him, sometimes we'll might make a decision and think, I'm sure God told me that. We'll find it actually he didn't. He didn't tell us. We'll put our foot in it. I wonder who's put their foot in it thinking God was leading them. Oh, I have plenty of times that's why it's good sometimes to bounce it off your wife <laughs> or husband but better still the word because God will his leading the spirit will never contradict his written word and then without knowing that written word and having it inside you that'll highlight that'll highlight when the enemy tries to put something in there or even twist it I mean Satan uses the word 
but not in the context. And as Satan did the same to Jesus when he was tempted, tempted in the, uh, in the wilderness. But Jesus came back and quoted the word back to him and put it in context. So we, he need, we need to know that word. And um, a word from Isaiah there, the Lord will always guide you and satisfy your needs. And um, great promise, you'll be like a well-watered garden, a spring whose waters never fail. And um, we need this, the Lord's guidance. Another one from Jeremiah. Pray that the Lord your God will tell, you, tell us where we should go and what we should do. So our dependence on God is all important. We need to live prayerfully if we're to live in faith. And um, there's lots of examples. Um, God knew Goliath was coming. Go right back to, <coughs> to, to David and how David was prepared for battle. David was prepared for battle. And while Saul was there pulling his hair out, I'd have trouble doing that, but he must have had hair. He was there pulling his hair out because the Philistines were there and here was Goliath. Goliath was standing up there and, and they were terrified of him. But all this time, David had been prepared. God was preparing David by killing bears and lions and practicing with his slingshot. I guarantee David didn't know why he was good at a slingshot or why he was even killing bears except that they were after his sheep. But in all that, God was training him to get rid of Goliath. See, God's probably training you for something and you haven't got a clue why you're doing it. But you're just doing it and God's equipping you and he's training you. Because guess what? Your Goliath is coming and God knows he's coming. So if we put that aside and think, this is a waste of time, suddenly Goliath rocks up and we uh-oh, I should have been prepared. I should have known that was ha something was going to happen. So while Saul was caught up doing his own thing and offering his own sacrifices and not listening to anybody and not waiting on God, Goliath was already on his way. Saul had never encountered Goliath before and yet God knew he was coming. I mean, that's a sobering thought that God knows the stuff that we don't know. He knows what's up front. He knows when we're going to find challenges and obstacles. So if we're listening to him, he'll prepare us for it. And um, he certainly wasn't ready to fight Goliath. And that's why we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to learn to listen to God. And I've I'm convinced that God's word for us today, for a church, as a church, as a church and as individuals, if we're to, get, if we're to be part of, what, of God's army, of, to what he's got for us, then we need to learn and practice walking by faith, practice listening to the voice of God. Because we can be sure of one thing. We need to differentiate with the voices we're listening to that's just gone around in circles <laughs> and we need to be sure of that of one thing that our Goliath is coming 
there will be obstacles. Life, someone said, was never meant to be easy. But, you know, with God on our side, there is no obstacle that can't be overcome, and that's exciting. So let's be prepared this year. Let's spend our time learning to recognise the voice of the Spirit and being led by the voice of God. And then we won't be caught out. We won't be caught out when all those things come against us.